How do you act when it comes to sports? Are you obsessed? Captivated? How do they make you feel? Do you get angry? Do you get ecstatic or sad or joyful? Well, it's hard not to feel all of these emotions as a fan and especially as a player. And while we may never know the right, quote-unquote right way, to act as a Christian in sports, we can still find some way of showing Christ through our actions. Today we get to hear from Aaron Conrad, podcast host and founder of Unscripted Collective on healthy versus unhealthy relationships in sports. Aaron is the host of the Unscripted podcast and continues to share stories of anyone and everyone that comes on his show, no matter who the person is or what they do. He continuously finds out what makes these people tick and he continuously shows the love of Christ through his show. But today Aaron comes on as someone that knows a lot about sports, and he gives great insight into what it means to have a healthy relationship with sports and not idolize them uh, like so many in this world do. His insight into how we can keep sports into perspective is almost as great as his podcasting voice. Uh, But no, seriously, this conversation was so, so enjoyable for me. Uh, And I know you'll love listening to it too. So listen today and just remember throughout this conversation that we as Christian athletes cannot idolize our sports. We can't put them on the same pedestal or even a pedestal close to Jesus because Jesus is the only idol that we must have in this life. Welcome back to the Competing for Christ podcast. I'm your host, Ken Burke, and today we have on Aaron Conrad. Aaron, looking forward to our conversation today. I think it's going to be really helpful and useful uh, to those tuning in. So thank you for joining me. Man, it's so cool. I was listening to a lot of your podcasts today. I love what you're doing. And uh, anytime two podcasters come together, uh, I think there's a mutual respect and understanding of what we do. <laughs> as podcasters, uh, which is different than maybe bringing on another guest. Um, and so thank you. Honestly, I, I love what you're doing. I love how you're doing it. I love the message you're sharing. And so thank I, I'm so honored to be on. And I'm super, we just said this offline, but I'm super awkward because I'm not used to being, I'm not used to being in the other chair. <laughs> I'm used to being in yours. So uh, I, I apologize to our audience in advance if I you know, if I'm super awkward. No, no, no. it's going to be a great conversation. And yeah, we were talking, I mean, be, being a podcast, you're never used to being on the other side of being interviewed. So you're always used to asking questions. So it's going to be an interesting conversation, but I think it's going to be a really good one. So Aaron, as we kick it off today, I, I already gave a sneak peek in the intro of what you do with Unscripted, but can you explain from your point of view, the work that you do with Unscripted Collective and how you found that organization. So I'll try to keep it as brief as possible. Um, I started Unscripted, the podcast. There was this podcast called Unscripted. Um, and I started that during the pandemic because I was bored. I, I am the I am a guy that can't, I, I am the king of restless. A friend called me once. And and honestly, I, I embrace that because I am, I can't, I, I'm very restless. So during the pandemic, the world was on fire. Um, everything was going crazy. My middle daughter, I have three kids. My middle daughter uh, started a podcast, and I love what she was doing. I didn't know what a podcast was. I don't listen to them. I still don't. I mean, 
<laughs> disclosure, full disclosure, I don't listen to podcasts. I don't. And so uh, I was like, I don't even know what that is, but I want to start one. I, I, like I'm bored. I need something to do. And so um, I started uh, the very first podcast was uh, I was working in a facility at the time that was with the Columbus Destroyers, which is uh, uh, an arena football team here in Columbus, Ohio. They've since folded, but uh, we were, I was close to a lot of their players and obviously their players are a mixed bag of, uh, you know, um, society, let's just say. Mm-hmm. And society was on fire. We had protests. We had all this stuff going on in the world. And I'm like, guys, so I sent this text and I was like, guys, like, I w- let's, let's get together and talk about how we can be better. Not, 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 let's not talk about the problems in the world. How can we be better? What can we do to, to move forward, be better? We got on. We did the interview. It was amazing. It was the very first interview I ever did, at very first podcast. And uh, at some point, I said, guys, we're unscripted right now. Because we were. We were completely, it was just four guys talking. And um, so that's where it started. And, you know, I think what happened was the podcast continued to grow and as you know, you know, many people ask me all the time, how do you make money in a podcast? I always say you don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously, I don't know how else to say it. Like, yeah. you don't. I mean, unless you're Joe Rogan, yeah, you'll make a couple of scratch bucks here or there. But unless you're Joe Rogan or all these other people that, that get these huge million-dollar deals, like I think people think, oh, you do a podcast, you must get paid. No, you don't. And so – I did it out of the love of the game. I did it because I wanted to share stories. I wanted to share unscripted stories with people from my closest friends. And I never intended it for it to be um, anyone more than my closest friends. I have a lot of great friends and they have great stories and that's what I wanted to share. And so that's where unscripted started. I will say I, I worked at the time that I started this. And when we came back from the pandemic, I worked for, I can't, I won't say the name, but I worked for the greatest two sport athlete of all time. So I'll just leave it there. The organization that bared his name uh, was where I worked. And uh, it had nothing to do with said athlete. It had everything to do with the organization. And I found myself in a situation where I was in the worst place in my life, uh, spiritually, emotionally, physically, uh, with my family, uh, that, that role was taking me to a place I didn't want to be. And I said, you know what? I no more. And, uh, it was one of the toughest decisions I did, but I jumped out of a plane with no parachute. (laughs) And I think a lot of people will look at that if they knew the name I was talking about and say, you're nuts, man. Like, what are you doing? And I just knew I couldn't do it anymore for my family, for my physical health, my mental health, my wellness, all those things. And so anyway, I said, you know what, I'm just going to go. And I did. And as we just said a minute ago, as I just said, uh, you don't make money on a podcast. And so (laughs) how do you, how do you, how do you grow that? And so uh, we started Unscripted Collective. And what, what was just incredible is all these people I've interviewed. I think we're going to talk about that later, but all these people I've interviewed through my podcast are now my friends, great friends. And I noticed that they needed websites, they needed branding, they needed uh, an agent, they needed a um, person to be proactive on their their account. I I say, let me just say this, I say that uh, 
my life, I'm like Jerry Maguire, man. Like, seriously, <laughs> if you want the short version, sorry for all the time taking that answer, but my life's like Jerry Maguire. I want to be Jerry Maguire. Okay, not and again, not the rom-com side. I, I want to be Jerry Maguire, man. His manifesto, and actually it's out there online. If you ever, I didn't know if you know this, but his manifesto that he wrote is out online. You can find it. There's a PDF. Really? <laughs> honestly, it was great. And that's me, man. I, I, I want to care for the people that I care about and represent them like Jerry Maguire did for uh, Rod Tidwell. Why did you call it unscripted? Was it just because of that one conversation? You were just like, yeah, let's roll with it. It literally was. At some point during our conversation, I said, man, guys, we're unscripted. We were just talking because I'm unscripted, man. I'm a train wreck. And so um, I, I'm not good at organization. I'm ADHD. I got a 13 on my ACT. I'm not very bright. Um, I'm very unscripted in life. I'm just so unscripted. And so... Here we are today. Yeah, that's not a bad thing, though. That's definitely not a bad thing. So you're obviously on the business, more on the business side now uh, in your day-to-day life instead of you know actually playing sports, but you're a huge fan. What lessons have you take taken from sports and incorporated them into the business side? Well, I love when you and I were interacting because you said my intramural championship. And, and honestly... <laughs> That's a brand thing. It's it's really not like if you know me, you know what it's a joke. It really is a joke. Like I'm I, I'm not a guy that's like man. I, I won an email championship. It, it's a joke. But I will say that um, I was a late bloomer. I I was so late uh, getting to sport in my uh, high school years. Um, I really embraced it in college, and um, I think through intramurals and you know every time look every time you go to open gym, you meet new guys. And I, I don't, I'm going to destroy this quote, but I think somebody said something like the game of basketball, um, how you interact with other people is like how you interact in life. Mm. I, I don't know if that's true. I just destroyed a quote somewhere by somebody, but I was like, that's so true, man. Like when you walk in an open gym, how you, you know, meet the, the other four guys for pickup, you're like, all right, we got next, right? Yeah. <laughs> you don't know yeah. these guys. And, no. you know, do you just jump on the court and play? Or, like, do you get to know the guys and their nicknames? And, and you know what I'm saying? And that's uh, that was so early on for me. And so I think for me that was uh, my introduction to sport. I was late to the game, but uh, it, it really is everything for me. And ironically enough, I get to spend time – Currently with my childhood hero doing his podcast uh, in Mark Price and uh, again working for the greatest two sport athlete of all time. Uh, I've been very blessed uh, in and I honestly it's not me it's all God man I I could not script so I I hate to use unscripted but like literally my life has been so unscripted and I live that way now because if I tried to control the pattern of my life i i wouldn't be where i am today it's literally all god man i trust him and uh i've just leaned into every opportunity every experience i don't know if that answered your question but yeah man i'm just an intramural champion <laughs> that's a bit i wish i had some more titles than that but i don't no yeah i love it i i love it yeah you mentioned some of the people that you've had on the podcast how have you managed to, you know, build and maintain those relationships through the through sports, through business, in, even in the podcast? I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. I I really wish I had a better answer for you, but I, I think I think God positions us um, 
in places and puts us in positions in life. Again, I got a 13 on my ACT, man. I'm not very bright. I'm not. And um, <laughs> I don't know how I'm running a business right now. <laughs> if you ask my wife, she may say you're not. Um, but but what I would say is like, man, God God positioned me and put gave me opportunities. And um, all I've done is try to embrace those. And so you're a podcaster. You know what this life. And, and so anyone listening to this, understand that, that uh, Ken – is probably a lot like me, and there's a lot of emails and texts and searching. Uh, we we troll the internet for email addresses and contacts, and like you got to understand, this is a very lonely uh, life. Mm. Podcasting is not easy. It's not, and I want everybody else to hear that on your behalf. I'll say it for you, uh, and you've never told me that. I'm just saying. I know as a podcaster, it's life is really. We're not on ESPN. Mm -hmm. We don't have this huge database of friends. And so it's a lot of working through that. So when you land the one, right, it's just so exciting. And that I think puts fuel in your tank to keep going. Um, and then when you get the opportunity to talk to that person, gosh, man, that that's amazing. And so you want to do the best you can. And, and honestly, again, I'm going to say it's all God, man. I, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm I'm not the best podcaster. I'm terrible, man. I, my editing skills are terrible. I don't even know like how it's happened, but you know, connections, friendships, and then you interview them. And we've just had I've been blessed to have an opportunity to maintain something far beyond just clicking record. And that's uh, that's a credit to those that I've interviewed. I I, I relate to you in so many different ways. I mean. Like you, I didn't have any experience in podcasting. Like I hardly knew what it was when I started. And I, I just kind of just YouTube videos and, you know, articles about, about how to start a podcast. So I, I really am um, thankful that you joined because that I kind of have that connection with you too. But yeah, it's tough. It's tough being a podcaster. It is. It's lonely. I mean, people need to understand that. Like, you know, I think they think, oh, it's just the greatest thing in the world and you're getting paid. No, you're not getting paid. Uh, it's almost like starting as a, as a starving artist or a, a new country artist, right? <laughs> you're going down to Nashville with a dream and you're playing at Tootsie's on a Saturday at two o'clock and hoping somebody hears your song, right? It's yep. no different in podcasting, man. You, you literally just keep putting stuff out there. There's what, 4 million podcasts in the world, five, I don't know how many, uh, and unless your name's Joe Rogan, man, it's not hitting mainstream. And so you just, you literally do it for the love of the game. Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, the only reason I started was that because I love athletics and I love being a Christian. So put those two together and you love talking about it. Well, and you're doing a good job, man. I want to tell you and your audience, I hope they hear you're doing a great job I appreciate uh, as, that. as a fellow podcaster. I, I respect what you do. Thank 100%. you. Thank you. Well, I wanted to have you on today to just talk, focus on healthy versus unhealthy obsessions in sports. I feel like everyone listening to this is probably at some point been involved in a sport where it's, you know, kind of an unhealthy obsession, whether you're a fan or you're a player. But how has the relationship with sports been for you in your life as a Christian? So healthy, unhealthy. It's so funny. I'm sitting in a Carolina blue room, um, and I don't know if it'll be on video, but but from an audio perspective, understand I'm sitting in a Carolina blue room. My um, business's colors are Carolina blue. Uh, there's Carolina 
players on my, the screen, <laughs> on my bookshelf, like it's unhealthy at this point. <laughs> and unfortunately, I have passed it on to my kids. And so oh, yeah. my son now is uh, is actually going to graduate this year from college. And he, he texts me all the time and he's like, oh, we got this guy. We didn't get, and I'm like, oh, bro, dude, I, I've ruined you. Like, I have absolutely ruined you. But I love it. I do. I love it. And I, I um, but I think there's a balance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think for many of us, it's an escape um, from our day to day. You know, I think when it gets dangerous is when we get toxic with it. Um, you know, we're both on Twitter and I see so many guys that uh, get really toxic with fandom and uh, their fandom of their team. Look, our team, North Carolina, they don't know me. <laughs> Coach Hubert Davis, much as I'd love to. Dean Smith, uh, Roy Williams, they did not know me, and they don't care what I think. They really don't. And they don't need me to defend them on some social media app. Um, what, If anything, what they need is my encouragement because they're they're doing their job. Um, it's no different than if I, if you worked for XYZ corporation and I was a huge fan of that company. And then one day, you know, the company did something I didn't like. And I went out and I just start mean tweeting them. Is that helping you as a CEO? No. Will you ever get hired by that organization? <laughs> Absolutely not. Not in today's world. Um, <laughs> Are you welcome to that organization? Depending on what you said, probably not. And so I think, you know, I think we have an opportunity uh, to let people know we love a team and we are so excited about their next game. And we're okay. It's okay to be frustrated, but especially for me, I'm talking about a college team and those kids are my kids' age. Mm. And, and, and especially, I think that's really when it came home for me is, Gosh, man, I wouldn't want somebody mean tweeting my kid. <laughs> I really wouldn't because I know what my kid, what it took for my kid to be wherever they are and how hard they worked and how hard they tried. And um, I think it can be really unhealthy sometimes. Um, we, have to, we have to understand there's lines between fandom and making it personal, but social media has allowed us to make it personal. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you the story. Last night we were at a minor league game. We were sitting on the third base line. You know, minor leagues, you can be right down by the field, right? And so we're right by the bullpen, and it was the opposing team. This guy comes out. He starts warming up. And this guy behind me is just riding this guy. And I looked at my wife, and I was like, what What are we doing? Like, it's so beautiful to be able to sit so close at minor league ballparks, you know? But at the same time, if I'm that guy, that that because my honestly, that guy is probably my kids at my son's age, and, I, and and I'm thinking back to Austin and all the years he put in, and he's a pitcher too, and he's warming up, he's just trying to warm up, and and there's this guy that just thinks that he's gonna make his mark <laughs> in that stadium, and I just it made me sad, um, you know, and it, it frustrated me. And honestly, it brought me, I think there's moments like that that bring you back home. Like, you know what, man? I, I'm that guy at a ball game, and that's not okay. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. Like, buy your ticket, enjoy the game, but it's a game. And the people on that court, on that ball field, wherever it may be, are are real people that have really tried hard, and we have to keep it in perspective. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And with the invention of social media, those lines keep getting blurred because people think that, you know, they can say whatever because it's online and they're not like right next to them. You know what I mean? And that's, I mean, especially as a Christian, you're not, you know, you, you probably shouldn't call somebody out because they made a bad play when your team lost, like by, you know, a, a two points or something like that. It's, it's wild. How, how do you think athletes can maintain like a healthy obsession? Because, you know, specifically for athletes, I feel like there's, there can be a lot of idolatry there. There can be a lot of sports or your identity. What would you say to an athlete that, you know, maybe is taking that too far? I've learned in the last um, six months, and I'll say this, um, and I'm not going to hurt my back trying to drop a name, but I get to work with Mark Price, um, my hero. So when I was in the driveway <laughs> back in the day um, as a late bloomer, and look into an athlete, it was Mark Price. Uh, he's a man of faith. He's a man of incredible integrity. And what I would say is I've gotten to know Mark over the last six months. Again, that's God, all God. I swear, I swear to you, it's, I'm not, I'm not that, that great. Um, but I'm so blessed to be able to get to know him. And one of the things that I'm just I'm so impressed with him is how intentional he is. And I think that's what I've learned from him. Obviously, I'm not Mark Price. I'm I'm not even competing in a basketball league at this point. Um, but I I look at that in my life. Uh, he keeps his circle very tight. Uh, he's intentional about who he works with, who he's friends with. Um, he is intentional about what he um, takes in, who he follows on Twitter, what he responds to on Twitter. Like, I think we have to be very intentional. And so that's what I would tell an athlete today is just be very intentional. It's hard. We want to follow everybody. We, we want to shoot off a tweet when somebody says something we don't like, especially in this political environment we're in today. Man, it's so easy to just fire off my political opinion. You know what? Don't. Don't. Don't get in a Twitter war. I think we're seeing it um, at the time of this recording. You know, we're in this week where um, the women's Final Four happened. And obviously anybody on social media has probably seen there's there's been some. And I, I'm not here to talk about who's right, who's wrong. But what I am talking about, there's two separate athletes and they're approaching it completely separately. Um, one is being graceful, uh, intentional. <laughs> there's that word again. Um, the other is not. And I think when we look at sports, um, we have an opportunity and I, I know so many young athletes are being made aware that what you tweet today will potentially come back and haunt you tomorrow. hundred percent. So be very intentional. And that goes for, um, everyone, whether you're in a business or you're a young athlete, if you're a high school athlete, be very intentional about what you say, who you reply to, what you like. Because trust me, as someone who ran a business that will investigate and look into your employee far beyond more than what you know, be intentional. Just be very careful. Pick your circle and and choose that circle wisely and then trust that circle explicitly. Why do you think that humans get so obsessed with sports? Because there's not a lot of things in this world that sports brings out a lot of different emotions probably within like five minutes like you can be at the top of the top and then the lows of lows and within five minutes why do you think they're so obsessed with sports i think it's an escape you know what i mean it's 
I don't even know if this is true. Again, I, I, I hate to keep saying it. I'm not very bright, but I think I think <laughs> not. I, I, I if you knew me, you'd know. Um, you know, politics is. I don't want to say politics is different, but it's different. Like politics is real stuff. You know, the price of gas, the price of eggs. Should we be in this war? Why did we do that? Why did we do that? At the end of the day, sports is like win or lose. It's one way or the other. You were either a fan of UConn the other night or you were a fan of San Diego State. Um, you're a fan of, I don't even remember who's in the Super Bowl. I don't remember at this point. But Chiefs and Eagles. Thank you. You're a fan <laughs> of the Chiefs or you're a fan of the Eagles or whoever's in the World Series or whatever hockey, like whatever sport it is that you love, you're a fan of one. And, or, or you're, you know, my team didn't make the tournament this year. And so I got to be a casual fan. I got to sit back. I had no skin in the game. And I actually got to just enjoy the sport. And there was a part of it that was beautiful. I wasn't emotionally invested in any game. I just got to enjoy the game. And so I think that's, you know, that's the other side of it is like, I almost don't want to be a fan of anybody <laughs> because it's a lot more fun. I think when you're a fan of a team, man, it, it just gets – I've had heartbreak. I'm from Cleveland, man. <laughs> like, what else can I say? Yeah. Like, we've had a heartbreak. It, our history of before LeBron, and shout out LeBron, but before and after that, man, it that that history is just brutal. Um, and, it you know, it literally wrecks your week. <laughs> you know, Carolina's had some amazing wins and some terrible losses. Um, I think the older I've gotten, the the better I'm handling those. Um, but at the same time, I think it's just such an escape for us. We we can escape the drama for two hours, three hours, one hour, every night, every weekend, whatever whatever people consume their sport. Uh, I think it's just a great. It, I don't know if I say great. It's a good escape for us. The key the key is keeping it healthy, right? Yeah, I'm a Jags fan too, so I I, I relate to you 100. <laughs> I'm sorry for Urban Meyer. Oh, oh I don't get me started on that. We're not going to make that podcast about this. Oh man, I live in Columbus, and I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. All right, we'll move on. We'll talk offline about Urban Meyer. But anyway, go ahead. Oh man, yeah. I mean, the next question I was going to ask you: Has there ever been a specific time in your life where your love for sports got in the way of things that mattered more? So I have a funny story about this and it's it's very true and actually her birthday is coming up uh, this weekend so our youngest daughter my wife's pregnant this is uh 2005 and uh it was literally this week it's so funny that this is happening right now it was this week um she was born april 7th uh but if, if you look back in history uh carolina had a pretty big game on April, I don't remember the date, but so that, that Sunday we're at church and my wife is like fully nine months pregnant. I'll also say that I knew the sex of our child before my wife did. She didn't want to know. I did. The doctor told me on her, uh, he, he said she has to approve it. She did. I knew what we were going to have and I knew we were going to have a girl. My wife did not. All right. So set stage Sunday morning, I'm at church and everybody's like, man, wouldn't it be hilarious if, you know, Heather goes into labor tomorrow night because Carolina's playing the championship game on Monday night <laughs> against Illinois. And I'm like, oh, yeah, hoo, hoo, hoo. and we're all laughing. And, well, um, she's our third. And with our second, uh, many times my wife went to false labor. And we kept going to the hospital, and they'd make us walk the halls for an hour and send her back. And, you know, so this kept happening. So, all right, so Monday night comes. It's about 6 or 7 o'clock. And my wife comes to me. She's like, um, 
I hate to do this. She's like, I think I'm in labor. And I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And I'm like, okay, all right, all right, it's cool, it's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, Caroline's getting ready to play the national championship, right? And so I was like, hey, um, okay. And so I'm thinking, and, and I mean this genuinely. I just really mean this. Please don't judge me. I was like, why don't you walk on the treadmill on low? Like, don't don't run up 15 <laughs> or whatever. Like, just put it on one. Let's just walk for an hour. And let's just see what happens. And again, I wasn't trying to avoid the game. I was, I, or you know, miss the game. I was, I was literally because I just didn't want to run down there and have this false labor thing. So she does. Like I don't know, half hour later, forty five minutes later, she goes back. She's like, "Yeah, that's not working." She's like, "I'm pretty sure I'm in labor." I'm like, "Cool, okay, here we go." So we jump on the car. We're driving down, and by this time, I don't, you know, time passed. Anyway, Caroline is up. Uh, we go in, and, and this is in 2005, so there's no cell phones, there's no iPhones, there's no apps, there's no ESPN.com, there's nothing. There's a screen, uh, a bed, and a, a monitor in our little room. And so they check her out, and they're like, you know, yeah, we're not sure. Um, let's just give it a little while. And then we'll check on you again. And I'm sitting there. At this time, I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm like, all right, how's, how long's a little while? Are we talking like an hour? Is it going to be two hours? Because like, I'll, I'll, and so I'm freaking out. There's not even a TV in the room, right? Anyway, so they come back. Long story short, we get in the car. They send her home. She false labor. So we get in the car. We're driving home. We get in the car. I turn on the radio. And Carolina was up at this point. From the time that Carolina from, from the time we left the hospital to the time we got to our garage, Carolina had blown the lead. And if you go back and look at the in the history of the game, uh, we pull in the garage. There's 2 minutes left and I think it was tied. I believe it was 73-73. Forgive me for knowing that, but uh, and I looked over and I said, "You know what? It's all good. It's a 2 minute game now." And we went in, and uh, we watched the last two minutes. They won the championship. But I told her if my daughter would have been born that night, because she didn't know she was going to have a girl, and I already had Carolina or Tara oh, yeah. picked out. 100%. Because it was going to be one of those two. Like, child, you made me miss the championship game. Anyway, that was a really long story. But uh, thankfully, Bryn uh, came five days later, and uh, we're going to celebrate her birthday this weekend. But, you know, was it unhealthy? Absolutely. But I actually wrote a blog post back when blogs were cool that morning and I talked about the most important thing and honestly it wouldn't have been that championship it wouldn't have been anything else it would have been sitting by her side holding her hand and seeing my baby girl for you know my youngest child for the first time and naming her Tara or Caroline yeah. <laughs> but either way no it really would have not have been about basketball and I think you know life's going to give us those moments when it's uh, we have a choice do I am I going to work today or am I going to go to my son's soccer game or a swim meet or, uh, and I haven't always been great at that, man. Honestly, I've probably failed more than I've won those, uh, opportunities, but I think we're going to be faced with those, especially as parents. Um, you're going to be faced with that. And I'm going to tell you, choose your kid's game or your kid's opportunity. If you can, and I know some people can't, right. I mean, we got to do what we got to do, but, uh, cause honestly working pays for your kid's opportunity to be on <laughs> nowadays with sports, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, if you get the chance and you have to choose, choose your kid mm. every time because yeah. you're going to miss those moments when they're gone. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with, you know, loving sports. Cause I love sports. You love sports. I mean, so many of us love playing and watching, but I think we have to remember 
like the priorities in our life. Like you just, you know, you gave a great story there about your daughter being born, um, Carolina. No, I'm just kidding. It's Bryn. So I actually named her after somebody on the real world. Okay. All right. All right. It's old school. <laughs> I don't even know if the real world's on TV anymore, but I heard a girl's name named Bryn on the real world and she tried to stab a fork or stab a guy with a fork. And anyway, I just like the name. I've never heard the name Bryn. So my youngest daughter's yeah, named Bryn. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, there you go. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> I think with with Jesus, obviously, at the center of our lives, I mean, that's what 1 Corinthians says, don't have idols besides Jesus. How can athletes specifically maintain a healthy relationship with sports? Because like you said, like you mentioned earlier, there's a very fine balance, very fine line. What are some practical ways that athletes can do this? You know, again, I'm not, I was never a great athlete. I was an intramural champion. And so... I don't know that a lot of people were coming to my intramural game to see my faith. But <laughs> that being said, what I would say is the athletes that I have known and I've had the opportunity to, uh, again, and that's, oh, God, man, I, I don't deserve the opportunity, but I've had the opportunity to be around some uh, world-class athletes, including now. And what I what I know is they keep it in perspective. Mm. Um, they realize they are not who they are today without – God and his bigger plan. And I know a lot of athletes will get up on the stand at the end and hold the trophy and say, I want to thank God, just like the Academy Awards or the Grammys or anything else, right? It's it's a great, great cliche to say on the acceptance speech. But I do believe there are there are athletes that truly do believe that they understand their platform. And so I think that's ultimately what I would say is understand your platform. Understand that um, the gifts and talents that you've been given are not yours, they're for his glory. And I think when you keep that in perspective, we play the game for the one. You do this podcast. I do my podcast. I do my podcast with Mark for the one, for that one person that might hear it, for that one person that needed to hear the message of that podcast that day and maybe be introduced to Jesus. Mm. And look, we're recording on the week of Easter. I don't know when you're going to post this, but... um Man, if, if we don't realize the sacrifice on Friday that gets us to Sunday when we get to celebrate, um, I think that's the thing, the truth for every athlete is understand we're here for a purpose. And honestly, we've seen it more than ever. Athletes are, are um, you know, passing away. We, we've seen a lot, right? There's, um, man, understand that our time's limited, our opportunity's limited, our window is limited maximize that and don't do it for yourself. Cause honestly, you're going to go to your grave and those trophies, my intramural championship ain't coming with me. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And that's the only thing I can relate it to. Cause I was never, you know, an MLB, NFL, whatever player. Um, I just know it's not coming with me and, but, but will come with me one day. Hopefully when I, uh, go to heaven, I'm not going to try to get emotional, man. But, um, you know, when I get to heaven, uh, I hope I meet people that I inspired that are already there. And honestly, um, I hope I get to greet a lot of people that uh, when they get there. Um, and that's what I would tell athletes, man, live your life that way. Understand, uh, work hard, work hard, play hard, do your best, but do your best to glorify him, not yourself. Cause honestly, none of that stuff matters. Mm. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Understand your platform, understand why God created you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. that. That's so 
so amazing to talk about. And so I think it's so important to talk about too, because like you, like you just said, sports, you have to keep them in perspective. I mean, some of the, some of the biggest athletes of all time, Muhammad Ali, Kobe Bryant, Bill Russell, people that we thought were indestructible. I mean, they're gone. Like, I mean, they're gone into eternity and obviously we don't know their hearts, but um, we do know, like we, we, we know as Christians what's on the other side of this life. And you just really hope that they did. But Aaron, I, I can't thank you enough for your time that I genuinely, genuinely enjoyed our conversation today. Um, what you're doing with unscripted is just so inspiring to me as a podcaster and just someone, uh, that's look, that looks up to you and the whole brand. So thank you so much. Absolutely, man. It's been an honor. And I love what you're doing with yours. Like I said, at the beginning, uh, I understand, I mean, podcasting, you know, we need to link arms as podcasters. I know that sounds really cheesy, but we really do. I mean, I think we need to encourage one another, and especially those of us in faith that are trying to put out great content into the world. Because, you know, we have the platform, and just like sports, you have the platform with podcasting. We have this platform where we can actually inspire others who we never know, man. Mental illness is a thing. Uh, you know, there's, there's so many things that are happening in our world right now. And we have an opportunity, that microphone in front of you, the one in front of me, um, we have an opportunity to really inspire people and put good content in the world. And the world needs us to put good content. God needs us to put good content out there. So keep doing what you're doing, man. I, I'm really proud of you. That sounds cheesy. We'd never met before, before today, but I am proud of you and keep doing what you're doing. And if I can be of any help, I'm always here for it. I really appreciate it. Likewise. What an awesome conversation Uh, for all listeners out there. Go check out the unscripted podcast. I will make sure to put the link in the description to that. Uh, Aaron does such a great job with that. And I just, I really am so lucky to get to talk to him today. Also, please make sure to share this episode and subscribe to the show. It means so much to me and so much to us. Uh, Thank you in advance for that. If you don't get anything else from this, just remember this. Jesus loves you, and he's going to fight for you no matter what. Talk to you next time.